Hello and welcome to Not A Perfect Parent, the podcast where we share the extraordinary wisdom of ordinary parents. Today I am thrilled to be here with my own fabulous and very wise husband, Nick. He is going to take us through his experience of the adoption journey, making the decision, what the process looked like and afterwards, what it looks like to meet yourself as a different parent than you expected and how he's met challenges with his mental health and found ways to support himself. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Welcome to Not A Perfect Parent. Thank you. Lovely to be here. I've been really excited about this episode, actually, since the beginning of Not A Perfect Parent, not just because I know how much you've got to share, but because one of the things I think we've learned as we've kind of walked this road together is that you can walk a road together, but you don't have the same experience so for me it'll be really interesting to see what I learned today as well so Nick let's kick off by getting you to tell us a little bit about your parenting journey where are you right now so yeah we started the parenting journey nearly two years ago now in November it would have been two years since we adopted our first little one and the parenting journey so far has been an absolute whirlwind <laughs> um but yeah I guess it started kind of before that as well of having to make a decision between us about whether we were going to adopt or not and coming to a decision on that which was a lot of discussions and talking whether it was going to be the right yeah option for us and if we really wanted to do it and obviously the adoption process itself as well started eight months before we got our first little one so been quite quite the road for the last couple of years for sure So I guess that kind of leads us neatly on to what your expectations were. So did you always know that you were going to be an adoptive father? No, I didn't know. So this was something that was put forward by you and something that you were passionate about and wanted to do. Yeah, I had to really like question myself as to whether I thought that was going to be the right option for me. I always thought that I was going to have biological children. So bringing an adopted child into into our family and everything, I had to really question whether that was something that I wanted and I'd be okay with. Like, I didn't just want to sort of not be okay with it when I'm sort of the worst possible moments. And yeah, it took a long time to, to decide whether that was going to be the right thing for me or not. I came to the conclusion that, yeah, a, a child is a child and it really doesn't matter where they came from. That little person needs looking after as if it was your own biological child. As I say, yeah, it took, took a long time to sort of think about through and make sure it was the right decision because, yeah, but it could be easily sort of rushed and I didn't want to do that. And did you feel any kind of resistance or loss? Did you, it wasn't something that you had seen yourself doing before before we started to have conversations as we went through the years together? I don't think I saw it as a loss. I think if it if it didn't feel right for me, then I wouldn't have chosen to do it. So it didn't feel like a loss. It just felt like a, a mindset shift, really, of like, I'm not losing anything here. It's just a, a child that's come from somewhere else. So when you started the process of adoption, did you have expectations for what it would look like? How long it would be? How complex it would be? And were those met? Or how was it different? 
I, I always saw it as being quite a long process and quite a difficult process, really, just in terms of how long you are told you sort of have to wait for starting the adoption process to then having a child placed and all of that. Yeah, I, I thought it would be a number of years <laughs> before you even sort of potentially got matched with a child, let alone have a child home. And yeah, we started it and started phase one and phase two which took about six months or something to complete and then pretty much not even as we finished that we were then matched with our children to then come home so it was within a year had our first child and then we were then waiting for our second so in the end it very much surpassed my expectations of how quick it was and that yeah it was a lot lot quicker than I thought it would be. And what about the process itself? How did you find it? We often hear how tricky it can be. What was your experience? Initially, I thought it was good. I thought, um, and there's a lot of things which I think when you're adopting, they make you think about and make you discuss, which I think should be, or I would advise to any parent to do. In what terms kind of, of thing? Having conversations between yourselves about what, what um, you see as yourself doing as a parent what kind of things you'd put in place. You have to do a sort of financial summary of how you'd actually be able to financially support a child. And you have all these discussions with your social worker, and I think they're discussions which are invaluable and that you should definitely have between yourselves as parents anyway, because it really makes you think about what you want, like what kind of parent you're going to be, what kind of things from parenting you're going to pull over and take from your parents, what things you're not. And these are things that if you're having a biological child, you probably wouldn't think about, or you might do, and you might discuss it, which is great, but maybe not always. And there's a lot of stuff comes up in that, which you're like, oh yeah, I didn't actually think of that. I wasn't aware of that, I thought of that. I think on the whole, especially pre-getting sort of the child, I think that there's, there's a lot of sitting in meetings about um, PowerPoint, death by PowerPoint sort of things, of stuff which is kind of quite dated or not really that relevant anymore. But I feel like it's so part of the course in the whole grand scheme of things. And they do meet the adopters as well, which is very a really good service and everything to provide. And that you sit in a meeting and, as, as it suggests, sort of meet people who have adopted quite recently and they talk about their experience and their process and everything. Because every process with adoption is entirely unique and completely different. And you learn a lot. So it's a lot of that. There's a lot of our community around getting help of each other what about expectations once you've been matched did it meet those when you were settling in when we were settling in as a family um yeah I think with with our first I think yeah it was difficult in that we were learning how to parent for the first time and it was a bit more difficult and they were learning to parent a not a baby like an older child Pro, the settling process was a relative, relatively easy one, especially when you hear all the difficulties that can arise with adoption. So yeah, so on, in the grand scheme of things, it was relatively easy. I took an extended per- a period of paternity leave, so we just had a lot of time to spend together and get settled and get used to everything, getting a routine. We were given a very good routine by the foster carer that our little one was with, and we just stuck to that and yeah and enjoyed the time that we had in that so yeah I think I was expecting it to be harder than it was it was obviously still hard 
and still tiring and difficult and all of that and you're trying to learn to parent and you find that there's not actually that much help to have how to learn um, how to look after any child that's not a baby because that doesn't really exist other than other doctors who have written their experiences sort of thing so but even that can vary wildly yeah you are in quite your own situation and that's difficult because if most with most biological parents they go okay well we know we're going to have a baby and there's so much help out there for how to take care of a baby do all your your classes and everything but and obviously with adopting you get that but you don't get the your specific thing it's like oh yeah well your kids at this age and they're going to have all these things when they come so you are kind of on your own and figuring it out and bop together and you're figuring it out together as you kind of go along and what about the identity change did you have any expectations about what it would be to be a dad and were they met or how was it different? Yeah, as I say, I think I thought I'd be a bit more of like a, a softer, more relaxed dad than I probably am. And I think, yeah, it's it's a very, very hard thing because people say this before you're a parent and it's quite annoying, but I think you really don't know the parent you're going to be until you're put in that position of like, okay, well, if they don't listen to you or they don't, in terms of they're going to do something dangerous because they're, they're not listening to you. How are they going to know when I tell them not to run into that road when there's a car coming towards them? It, your head is filled with all this stuff and a tiredness and <laughs> everything comes into play as well. So very different dad than I expected to be pre-having kids, definitely. And something that we've kind of spoken a lot about is that yeah. but you actually don't even know what your expectations of yourself are until you start really looking and I think more of those than we perhaps realize come from what we learned by being parented or whoever our caregiver was when yeah. we were children what you do you definitely think you, do, yeah. I mean what do you think you brought <laughs> with you from from childhood in terms of expectation I think my main one was uh, my main sort of bugbear which I really like carried into my parenting because my parents were very strict about food we had a rule which was you had one thing you don't like and you've got to eat everything else. And yeah, I definitely pulled that forward in that I decided that I never wanted to have the best food because I never wanted to go to somebody's house and they just push away the plate of food. I said, oh, I'm not eating that. Whoever's making this lovely meal. Yeah, that, that was one that I definitely definitely brought forward to me is I don't want to have kids that are best eaters. And then you find that you're putting that <laughs> quite heavily on very young children who literally don't even know what you're talking about when you say oh can you eat they just go I don't like that but they don't even they're not even old enough to tell you what <laughs> that is and you're trying to impart on them oh yeah well you're not going to be able to see it right so yeah that was that was definitely one of them there's plenty of things which you pre-parenthood go oh yeah I'm never gonna say that I'm never gonna be like my parent in that way and then you find yourself doing exactly the same thing saying exactly the same phrases that your parents used all the time and it's really interesting what you said there because that's again something that we've kind of reflected on a lot but it's one of the things is so important is that instead of having that value which we laughed about because neither of us knew you had it hmm. yeah, <laughs> you so, weren't yeah. sat there telling me I had to finish my dinner exactly <laughs> when they were you, you go through all of this stuff with adoption of like what you're going to bring over and everything and it's all the stuff that you don't think about that you actually bring over. I would never have guessed that I would have brought that over. And you go, oh, yeah, I don't want my kids to be fussy eaters. But what that actually means in practicality is completely different. But the really 
amazing thing about it which I always admire is the ability to reflect and say oh this is my thing because it's so easy isn't it I'm just going to be really reactive actually because this is something that really annoys me because you do get annoyed like you probably get annoyed about it and it's like yeah you've got to think about like why am I really getting annoyed at this like this baby is like deciding not to eat all of their food and not eating all their greens <laughs> it's like well I'm clearly getting quite triggered by this and yeah there's a lot of stuff like that which you you just bring forwards with you and it's like this huge trigger as if it's a real emotion that has come from somewhere it's just instilled in you and it's obviously imparted from your parents and then you put it onto your kids as well yeah but the key is recognizing that isn't it I mean it's it became fairly quickly something that we could laugh about and that you could really step back from it was a process, but it started with recognizing that it, it was something coming from you and it wasn't really about the, the any mm. kind of food behavior. Mm. So that is the key, isn't it? Because as you say, it's unconsciously there. You've got no way to prevent it because you've got no way to know until your child mm. is in front of you. Yeah, definitely. Um, definitely. So until that, the, that child's in front of you with a plate of food they're not eating, <laughs> you have <laughs> yeah. no idea this reaction is going to be as strong as it was. Yeah, it's really similar to what you were saying there about hearing your parents come out of your mouth sometimes. Oh, yeah, the, the <laughs> phrases they use. I mean, it's like, as a kid, you like roll your eyes at it. And then you're saying exactly the same thing. And you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> and it might <laughs> be because you agree it? with them, because you've got a different perspective now as a parent. Or it might be. There's like even like throwaway phrases that mean nothing. They're just like completely irrelevant. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, why am I repeating this? So did you have expectations of yourself you said that you expected to be softer mm. so when you didn't meet that did you experience any judgment I don't think so no I think you've just got to you can only do what you think is right and you question it you go okay well is there a way I could be softer like is there what, what could I do differently it's kind of try and edge a bit more towards that but I think generally you just go well this is the way I'm parenting and there's kind of a good reason for that and as long as I'm not kind of harming anyone, hurting anyone in that process, then clearly it's what I'm believing is right in terms of my parenting style. So, yeah, so initially I thought I'd be like just that soft and, yeah, a, a really easy going parent. And now I've changed to a tactile, which is sort of that whole like firm but fair sort of mentality, which is <laughs> if my kids say I was firm but fair, I'm going to be happy with that. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's sort of, yeah, changed course a little bit, definitely. And what about your expectations for kind of what family life would look like? Yeah, it's a lot different. It's a lot different. I think while it is lovely and it's really nice and you share those moments, the amount of work you have to do to get to those places, you're knackered by the time you get there. <laughs> so you're there trying to <laughs> pose for like a selfie to go, oh, no, we're having such a great time at the zoo. And it's like you've spent, you've had four hours of trying to get the kids ready, trying to get them out the door. You felt like you've really like battled for it. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy it all the same. But the the battles of stuff and the difficulties that you have that you never ever foresaw, like you just never thought it would be a challenge before you were a parent. It's the stuff you don't think about, which is a, a challenge. So when have you felt like not a perfect parent? Uh, well, I think there's been a few times. I think whenever you sort of shout at your kids or you or you act angry towards something there was a time when 
we went on holiday in, in a caravan and I really like lost my temper with one of our children and there was a build up to that and, and a reason for that for the stress and for the overwhelm but you feel really bad because of the yeah that you've let your emotions and everything come out so so much it's it's hard but yeah have to look at yourself after it and think like well what can I do to not get to that place again what emotions came with that as well because it was something that we talked about that time of overwhelm and difficulty for you Mm. and it's always struck me that we kind of operate in a 50 50 way so you've always been very involved with the kids I've got a backstory around maternal mental health in my family so I always knew all the avenues or lots of avenues I was aware of that I could go down if I began to struggle with my mental health but it feels like there's less out there for men or it's less talked about where it comes to dads but you've always been as involved as I have with the kids and that was something that we talked about in the beginning that was one of our expectations did you feel like you knew where to go for support not really yeah as you say it is less available to men for sure I think it is out there helping everything if if you need it but yeah I think it is difficult to come by it's difficult to have chats amongst men more than it is women like women are very very open about difficulties and everything they have Uh, maybe not as much around sort of motherhood I feel like that's sometimes and the reason for this this podcast yeah for me it was it was talking about it and having the discussions with you and with with other people as well but it was also just trying to find out what I could do differently in myself it was just about growing myself into that to be sort of strong enough and to be like yeah to be be the parent that I feel like I should be and meet your own expectations as you say the expectations are set beforehand I wanted to stay true to that and make sure that that didn't happen again and I think for me it was yeah trying to find something that was a little bit outside of kind of being a parent and doing stuff that I need to do for my own self-care as well. That's really important and I really want to come back to what well-being looks like and what that turning point was but just to kind of pick up on what you said there about meeting those expectations and being the parent that you should be something kind of is coming to me about compassion there like there's a compassion to bring because it's it's also why like you say we have this podcast because there's a there's something unrealistic isn't there it's it's a huge learning process and you you had two children two and under within a year yeah and our life was completely kind of unrecognizable from what it had been so that's necessarily going to be a huge adjustment so it's kind of it feels like you met what was a real challenge in adjustment and a sudden level of pressure and stress that you'd never seen before and you met it and you recognized it and you overcame it which you're about to talk about it feels like you didn't have the choice to meet it it was there you couldn't have kind of stopped that would you agree Mm. with that yeah definitely definitely so it feels like there's a kind of a level of kindness that could be brought to that that an understanding of how you came to where you were maybe 
I think I think you have to like try and figure out how you got to that point. Definitely, yeah. I think to do anything different, you need to understand where how you got there. And yeah, you can go, oh, okay, well, there's a lot of stress around, like there's a lot of overwhelm around, there's a lot of things going on. But yeah, to truly understand it, you've got to be like, well, what is it that's got combined into me getting to such like a a level of like overwhelm, really breaking it down, and then going, okay, well, what can I do going forwards that is going to change that mind to ensure that this doesn't happen again did you feel able to own that to other people did you feel able to be open about it there often is an expectation especially when you're a new parent as we were everybody kind of expects you to be really happy having a great time do you feel about feeling the way that you did yeah I think it's, it's hard to share it's hard to share those sorts of things I think as you say like everybody just goes oh it's a lovely time enjoy it it'll be gone before you know it if you're struggling why are you struggling like it's it's supposed to be like the the best time of your life sort of thing so yeah I think it is it is hard to talk about stuff it's hard to say oh yeah well I'm not really enjoying it I'm not loving it right now I think with adoption as well like that kind of puts a little bit more pressure on that as well and that like okay well you're supposed to be like you've got these kids from potentially difficult situations you need to be strong enough and give them a a secure safe loving environment like that's all it should be and then you go well okay i'm not providing that to them like i'm missing that bit i'm missing something there and it's then you just question yourself well like okay are they in a better situation now like is this an improvement and of course it is of course you can like say yeah well it definitely is but you still question yourself and you just use the word strong there. And I'm wondering if there's kind of a connotation of weakness and that real vulnerability of feeling, I guess, out of control in a way, feeling things that you don't expect to feel. What we struggled with when we we suddenly had two very little ones is the constantness of it. Mm. So whereas before we lived a fairly, we did lots of things, but it was lots of walks in the woods you know <laughs> kind of of quite a gentle nature yeah um, lots of weekends away and stuff yeah. yeah so it's a lot of overstimulation and not much time to take a breath and especially when difficult. you've got two very very young children the difficult part can, comes from you going okay I'm just gonna have a break now if the kids are around there is no way of getting that at all there's no way of just going I'm gonna just have a period of time that's just for me so that's kind of the difficulty then and as you say then you're called upon to meet that need or whatever it is on a 24-7 basis for however many years and obviously that's a part of parenthood and that's what you like signed up to but you don't appreciate how relentless that is and how you can't get a break how you can't rest like we are very very fortunate and then we have a lot of help around us to look after the kids for us when we really need it but it's still a lot and it's still yeah a million miles away from the life that we lived before and so much quicker paced and yeah lots and lots going on for sure so let's then talk about how you overcame that so that time was kind of naturally built in wasn't it for recharge for taking a breath for doing the things that you love that are just about you and not about family life what what did you do when you realized it's got it's got too much now well I think I just had to have a look at like what 
culminate into that. And I think it was just, yeah, just that it'd been a very prolonged period of having getting two little ones very relatively close together. Yeah, we'd only just got our second one a few months before. So it'd been a, a very full-on period. And I think the main thing that I kind of learned from it was just to, yeah, ask for help more and take the time for myself more because it'd been so all-encompassing and you just go, I've got to do it. Like, I've got to get up now and do that and I've got to do the next thing and then on and on and on. But I think the the realisation came to me of like, well, you don't always have to do that. There's, a, there's obviously a large amount of stuff that you have to do and that is required, but you don't have to do every single thing that comes up and taking your time out and saying, okay, well, I've come to a point now. I just need some me time. I just need some amount of time, which is just for me to say, okay, well, I'm just going <laughs> to, I need to just recharge a little bit. Everything's at capacity. And just making sure you get that at a regular basis, a regular an interval, even if it's not that large period of time, will, will definitely help in sort of the long run. You've talked there about lots of really important ways to recharge. And what's important, I think, about what you said is it's little by little. Don't mm-hmm. wait until you're at that point and then try and put a little bit of battery back in. It's about do it as you go mm-hmm. and getting to know yourself. I think it's just getting to know those limits. Like, yeah, just say, saying, like, okay, well, not I've reached my capacity now, but I'm getting there. <laughs> I'd like, take that time before you reach your capacity to to then recharge because you'll feel ultimately better and then you're not doing it out of a point of like complete overwhelm. So something that we uh, wanted to talk about as well that was difficult for us and was perhaps unexpected was that we did struggle to connect with one of our one of our children when they came home and that was kind of for all sorts of different reasons. But that was something that really contributed to overwhelm for us as well. And I, I don't think it's unique to adoption. Um, there's, I know lots of parents of biological children who find it difficult to connect for whatever reason. And I feel like this is a big one that we find quite tough to talk about. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And as you say, like, yeah, we struggle with one of us. And I think the thing was that our first one we connected with right off the bat. So we were kind of, we then had that expectation of like, okay, well, this is probably going to happen for the next one as well. And yeah, we uh, initially, she didn't find this comforting. So she would get very upset and then distressed. And then she couldn't find that comfort anywhere. So she got more and more distressed. And Which was obviously... distressing to witness and not be able yeah, to. As, as to parents, soon. it was absolutely horrible. Yeah. And um, yeah, we were, she'd wake up in the middle of the night in pain or an upset or whatever. And then it would take us hours to try and get back to sleep because again we were trying to comfort her and try and like calm her down but just nothing nothing happened and fortunately it only went on for about a month not having this connection we were very very close to asking for help weren't we um yes. i think we'd just gone to our limit of we were very very close to asking for help and then it's there started to become a bit of a connection then that she started to come to us for to be soothed and to get comfort just in little bits and that's just grown and grown and grown to a point now where obviously She's just very, very well connected with us. But but yeah, as you're saying, like it could happen in any for any parent-child relationship. It's not in any way unique to adoption. 
but it is it is difficult it's very very difficult especially yeah, as you say when that child is very distressed all you want to do is like comfort them and all you want them to do is come to you for comfort and it just feels completely foreign when that doesn't happen yeah and it's important to say that kind of you've just mentioned that we were really close to asking for help and I'd actually forgotten because you do don't you it's because it's not our reality anymore Mm. but what our reality is now is kind of beyond what I could have imagined at that time so I think it's it's really important to say if you're experiencing that or or anything really like that it, it might be little step by little step back out again so it was by tiny degrees over months wasn't it that mm. we created this kind of rock solid connection. Yeah. Um, very, very, yeah, it's baby steps, as they say, yeah. Yeah, but it. it was it was very uncomfortable. And again, I'm wondering if there's something about expectation in that, our expectations, because it had been easier with our mm. first child. Yeah. And the expectations of, I remember being told by a few people, oh, it'll be, you know, so natural. And I do think some of those kind of well-meaning things that people say are actually silences Mm. when it doesn't happen as you expected and I've found it so important to have the conversations that we have and being able to bounce off each other and discuss feelings and be totally honest you know if I was going through that on my own I probably would have found it more difficult not having somebody who really understands because not connecting was really difficult because we both experienced a lot of rejection as well yeah because she didn't want to be held by her constantly just trying to get away from us like for for a large part of it and she was too far too young for us to have any kind of understanding or verbal reassurance it's something that you need to talk through because every day of that feels like a year yeah even just to for somebody else to say to you oh yeah this is something we went through as well is yeah. a massive help it's like oh yeah well we're not the only one because yeah people do paint it as like oh yeah well this gets connection like and you might do and that's very amazing well, yeah and I'm, I'm sure lots and lots of people do but there's 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 cases where they don't and that's very difficult as well and we should we should be able to talk about them for sure yeah it was definitely something that we we learned a lot from i think so we've talked about how you like every other parent on the planet has sometimes felt like not a perfect parent but what have you what can you celebrate about yourself as a parent what do you already because we're kind of fairly new to it what do you already look back on or look at and fills you with that kind of joy I think yeah just (laughs) memories really like even in those hard times like you look back at pictures and stuff and go oh yeah that was a lovely moment like we had love, like a great bit of fun like there well I think I'm I'm happy with the fact that I stuck to what I said initially which is like I wanted to be there for my kids and I wanted to be around a lot and we're very fortunate that I'm in a position where I'm able to but I'm like happy with that like I want to be here for my for my children around most of the time like I don't want to be have a whole week where I don't see them or whatever on a regular basis um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really happy that I've kind of succeeded in doing that. And I think just growing as well, like growing as a person, growing as a parent, like you learn so much and you learn so much so quickly about how you, yeah, as we spoke about, once parent, how you do parent in different ways, how you deal with difficult times and come through those times. So 
I think just yeah, growing as a person, like I'm very proud of how how that's happened. Trying to have as many like happy memories and all of that sort of stuff as well. Yeah, we have a lot of a lot of fun and laughter as well as the uh, hairier moments, eh? Yeah, and all, <laughs> all within one single twelve-hour shift. Yep, it's like before you have children, you have good days and bad days. <laughs> yeah, literally in the morning, you've gone from like loving life to hating life to like, why do we have even decide I'm to back have kids again? To, oh, I love having kids. Oh, they're in bed now. I love them so much. <laughs> <laughs> we are very lucky, though, aren't we? Hmm, definitely. So finally, we're all experts in our own ways, on our own journeys, with our own little ones. What do you feel like you've learned that other people could benefit from? What's your little piece of wisdom for people to take away? Um, yeah, my main thing is like take time for yourself. Like you're not when you become a parent, you're not only a parent, you're still a person. And yeah, I say this to everybody who's just becoming a parent. It's take time for yourself and if you've got a partner take time to be together as well like I think that's one of the most important things getting that time like you still have needs for yourself and you still have needs as a a couple if you're with somebody so I think yeah that's that is one of my (laughs) main things that I kind of advise like yeah you need time for yourself as well amazing well I always knew you were very wise (laughs) (laughs) i'm very lucky to be doing this adventure together yeah well thank thank you for having me on your podcast (laughs) all the way from downstairs all the way (laughs) i always love talking with you and reflecting with you about this mad wonderful chaos that is parenthood yeah it's all just an absolute roller coaster in a journey thank you so much thank you for joining us for this episode of not a perfect parent come back again next week for the extraordinary wisdom of another ordinary parent and if you've got a story to share and don't we all get in touch